Hi, and welcome to the Canine Translators Podcast. This podcast is dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at Canine Working Mind in Austin, Texas. Our goal in this podcast is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Canine Working Mind, a dog natural training center offering one-on-one sessions, group classes, and more. Visit canineworkingmind.net for more information. That's canineworkingmind with a K. We are recording. I told you we were going to start doing some videos as well as the Audible podcast. And so we're having fun trying to figure out how to work software because neither one of us know how to do any of that stuff. No. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're doing a special podcast. Um, The podcast that we're doing today is based on, uh, we get a lot of questions about why we get so many dogs, right? Uh, Our packs. Right. So one of the things that uh, comes up a lot is every time we say, welcome to the new pack, uh, the new dog, everybody's like, another one? Yeah. And I know it sounds like uh, we're a bunch of hoarders. Yeah. I think some people, when we tell them how many dogs we have, they are like, oh, Right. Uh, You have that many dogs? Right. One, we have the space for it. The uh, facility in Austin uh, is a 50-acre ranch. It's a huge house. I mean, I have a very large property. She's got a large piece of property as well. So I myself have 10 dogs. Uh, I just added the 10th. Laura has six. Six. And I just added number six. Right. So um, why did I not stop at nine? And I, I don't know if nine, it, why didn't you stop it at five or six? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so um, unlike most work dogs, um, a lot of times people that do any type of work dog things, they uh, retire the dog and then they put it up for adoption. Well, I can't. So I have four dogs in my pack that are retired. They do not work anymore. They're pretty much couch potatoes and they have become family dogs. So they pretty much stay at the at the house in San Antonio with my family. I go there basically to sleep. My kids and my wife hardly ever see me yeah. these days. They're out all the time and they get to just hang out with my family. Um, and then five of my dogs are work dogs. Now, Winks, my little chihuahua, he is... He's like half and half. He is half and half because he's, he's a, a little chihuahua. He doesn't need to really travel with me every day. However, we use him. So the dogs that I pick... And the dogs that I put in my pack, I personally take them because they're great helper dogs. Now, Vincenzo, uh, y'all hear us talking about the melted chocolate chip cookie, is our is my Roddy. Uh, he's 125 pounds. He is a giant, confident boy. And the reason that I took him, one of the reasons was was because the foster said she didn't feel comfortable with him going she, somewhere else. She said, due to his breed. Uh, she didn't feel comfortable with him going someplace else uh, and asked me if I would come and take a evaluation of him. And it had been about 11 years since I had a Roddy in my pack. And I had just realized that Mac was aging out. Mac was my confident old man um, and he was aging out. I lost Crash, who was also a confident boy. So I said, yeah, well, you know, let me take a look. What breed is it? And she said, Roddy. And I went, oh, don't worry about it. He's mine now. Yeah, it's totally fine. <laughs> so he doesn't have to worry about him getting returned for confidence because I will yeah. keep him. The reasons why I'm going to break down my pack. Um, we have Mr. Winks, who is a chihuahua. So some dogs, 95% of the dogs that come to us are aggressive. 
okay? We work with mainly dogs that want to eat other dogs or people. You know, there is a small percentage of dogs that come to us because they just need obedience. And uh, we love that. You know, we have a we have a bunch of dogs that we're working with right now just for service dog and court cases. But for our own pack, our dogs have to be trained to accept and be okay with our clients' dogs reacting to them uh, without seeing stress stack up on them. So it takes a lot for what we need. And I can't just rely on one dog. So if I had Vincenzo. Yeah. And he had to do everything. If he all day did nothing but get screamed at by dogs that wanted to eat other dogs, he wouldn't have a very long shelf life um, or life for that matter. And I'm not going to stress dogs out. It's also good because you have the different personalities because some dogs won't even react to Vincenzo. Right. And so if, if you're trying to work with a dog to work with the owners through something like that, then if that dog's going like, well, I'm not going to react to Vincenzo. Because Vincenzo might take me on. So not that he would, but his personality and his body language says that he's a very confident dog. Whereas Winx is a confident dog. But he's a but chihuahua. He's this so tiny. And a lot of dogs react more to small dogs. Right. So for us, when we do an assessment uh, or a consultation, People come in, they bring their dogs to us, and, you know, we use our own dogs as a tester because they'll say, well, our dogs are hit or miss with who they react to. Usually that's not a—we can actually figure out which dogs they're going to react more to. Right, because, you know, we train our dogs like Vincenzo is trained to—you know, he comes in the room, he's a confident male. He comes in, he will stand off on the dog, not right in front, so uh, don't send me hate mail. We're not doing it within 10 feet. We're doing it across the room because, you know, we don't need we to don't see. need them to be right there. Right. So a lot of people are like, well, you didn't get to see my my whole dog's blow up. I don't need to. I can read what your dog is communicating. So that's my job is to read your dog. But I can't read it if I don't see it. So we bring out Vincenzo for the confident big boy. I'll bring out Winks for a confident little dog. Yeah. How is your dog going to react with a little dog? Again, Winx is the small, confident dog. So if a dog's not going to go after a big dog, they might go over uh, and attack a small or show aggression towards a small dog. Um, And then we have, I'm going to go through, we have Winx, we have Vincenzo. Vincenzo we use as a helper dog and an odor detection dog. He looks for scents, you know, he doesn't do lost dog searches. He is too lazy. He doesn't want to do a lost dog search. He doesn't have the energy to go and trek through the woods. He'll go maybe a hundred feet, lay down and go, I'm done. Vincenzo does odor detection and he's a helper dog. So what's a helper dog? A helper dog for us is a dog that helps us. 95% of our business is aggression cases. So when they come in and say their dog might randomly react, that's, that's uh, such a vague description, randomly react to another dog. And they don't know what type of dog uh, the dog's reacting to. So we have these dogs that we will train and it takes a long time to train them. You can't just use any dog for this. It's kind of like service dogs. Some dogs know about, and with Vincenzo, he's solid as a rock. He's confident. We got him because we had a foster, uh, that said he was too confident for his breed and she was afraid he would get returned. So of course I went to go evaluate them and she told me it was Roddy. And I said, forget it. Don't worry about it. I'll keep him because I hadn't had a Rowdy in 11 years and I love the breed, Um, but he's super uber confident. So his job as a helper dog is to come out and look confident and big. Uh, Some dogs 
don't like to be challenged or have a confident dog. So they might not react to any other dog, but a confident dog that looks like they're doing nothing and just walking down the street and just staring, potentially staring might set them off. So Vinny's job is to come out and stare. Comes out and stares. He does. He comes out, he stares. And then uh, what happens here is we see the reaction. Now, for anybody who wants to send me hate mail, stop before you start typing. We train our dogs. It takes years for us to do this, okay? It's not something we do. It's a puppy, and we put them out there and start doing it. It takes years. Um, So with Vinny, it took two years for him to feel confident enough and for me to feel confident enough. Be more solid. That he wouldn't have any stress on it. But we use multiple dogs, so they don't have to do this for eight hours a day. Laura and I work 14, 16-hour days. It's crazy how many hours we work. And I'm not ever going to ask my dogs to do that, so I have to have a rotation of dogs. Vincenzo is the uber-confident dog. Your pack, the confident uber-male. Yeah, I have Benjamin, which I can use. Um, He is He's overconfident because he was fixed late um, because we adopted him as an uh, adult male he was i think they were saying he was about four and they they had neutered him at the shelter so he had gone through sexual peak and and already into adulthood and he knew that he he's got the stuff um <laughs> he does he does know he's got and, the stuff. and he does have it um so he he's just a very he's very overconfident he's super laid back so most of the time benjamin is very comfortable just making sure my couch doesn't move. He's very comfortable just laying around and doing nothing. So y'all see a pattern here, right? The confident dogs are the lazy dogs. Yeah, and I mean, no, I don't do scent. He's a great scent dog. Like, he probably would be great at going and looking for things. But in reality, he likes to search more for, like, rodents. He was definitely a hunter before I adopted him. And I adopted him because we were looking for that confident, laid back, calm male. We had lost our, our, um, male that we had had like that about a year prior. And so we had been searching for that type of dog and he, he fit the bill. Um, his big thing was that he was a flight risk. He would jump fences because like, he had places to go, people to see, and exactly. he was confident enough yeah, to do Yeah, and so. he was like, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have a problem dealing with that because I was like, well, that's something I can definitely work through. Um, and I can take the precautions needed until I know that he's more solid. And so I don't have a problem bringing him to work and using him. He doesn't react when other dogs react to him. The only thing he does is he stands up super tall, chest on, and he looks like that dog that will take you on, but he doesn't make a noise. Right. He's not going to be aggressive. Right. And which is, again, something we have to look for. Right. So it takes like Vincenzo two years before I let him start doing that because I didn't use him in sessions or anything until I knew that he was going to be comfortable. It's going to be, it's not, we don't want to stress out our dogs. So we rotate them. Right. And Vincenzo took, I knew Mac was going to age out. Mac was my confident boy prior to Vincenzo. Uh, I had, before I got Mac, I had Crash, who if some of my listeners might be old clients of mine, Crash was this giant Husky Malamute and nothing but this, everything bounced off that boy. He was just n- not your normal quote unquote husky. When you're that big, everything just bounces no, off. Yeah, everything bounced off of him. He could care less. So we used his him as the confident male. Well, 
So I had to replace them. So it took me, I mean, I lost Crash and it took me three years to find a replacement um, for Crash. And then you had Ben. Yep. And then if a dog doesn't react to a confident dog, they might see Vincenzo or Ben and go, oh no. Hell no. Peace out. I know I can't win. So I'm not going to go after you. Um, But maybe they're going to go after uh, softer personalities to show their strength. And if that's the case, then I have Tahoe. Now, Miss Tahoe is side by side. She is my best work dog. She replaced uh, the position, not replaced heart wise. Um, Harley, who is my retired uh, old dog who was confident, but softer. And I went, Harley was aging out. I said, okay, I'm not going to use her. If my dog shows stress, uh, one of the things that we do is if a dog shows stress, they might have a bad day. Doesn't mean that they're bad dogs. They just might have an off day. They don't want to work. That's okay. We need to have a backup for it, right? Because of what we do. If a client's sitting in front of me and they say, my dog only goes after soft dogs and I don't have another one because my dog's having a bad day, I'm not going to force my dog to do it. And that's, I think, where we as people have to stop and step back and go, okay, they're not feeling it today. Let's not use them, right? So Tahoe is going to come out to any dog, and she's going to bow, and she's going to stretch, yawn, and she's going to bat her eyes at her, and she's going to be like flirting with everybody. She loves everybody. She wants to play, but she is a flirt, not in a chaotic way. Yeah, right. She's uh, very calm. So I use her to see if your dog wants to take on a softer personality to show off their strength. Uh, with a dog that they know they can move up the ladder with, right? I mean, in my pack, that would probably, that would be Kevin. Right. Um, And in all honesty, I don't use Kevin in like consultations. The only time I'll use Kevin is during sessions because I want to make sure that the client has more control over their dog because Kevin is, he's, he's a pretty confident male, but, but he's weak. Right. Uh, Like, just because of his medical issues um, and they can smell all of that. And the way he carries himself and the way he does interact with other dogs is because he is an Omega personality. Um, he is going to have that softer body language. He's going to want to flirt with everybody too. He does. He does a lot of like, I want to play, but I'm unsure. And so um, and they can feed off of that. And so a lot of dogs do react to Kevin. He doesn't react back to them. He actually is pretty confident to just stay next to me and stand there. Right. But I don't use him in consults because I don't want to overly stress him out with a client that hasn't learned the proper way to, to control, control their, their dog. dog. So right. it's more for me about Kevin feeling comfortable because he is an Omega. Right. But again, we have the confidence. We have the not so confident. Yeah. Confident, but not so much. Softer. Let's just call them softer, Soft. right? Because um, Tahoe would be mad if I said not so confident. And then let's say we have a client's dog who only ever reacts to chaos, right? Uh, well, the, you know, they they react to the dog that is pulling on a leash and straining on the leash and barking and whatever. So in my pack, I have Mazikeen. Mazikeen yeah. is a uh, 50% Border Collie, 50% Aussie. So that means 50% angel on this shoulder, 50% devil on this shoulder. And it depends on who's talking to her that day, whether it be the devil or the angel. Which side of the bed did she get up off Right. Of? Um, but she comes out and she's got that crazy energy. She yeah. runs out there and she's like, ah, because the Aussie comes out, right? And we trained her to bark on command because, you know, dogs might not 
They might not react unless the, the other dog is barking at but them. But if the dog barks at them, we need to know if that dog is going to, you know. Is it more about the control, the excitement, potential right. retaliation issues? Right. Like so, it's, so there's a have, lot that goes into it. We have masking for that. Now, we don't let her come out and bark like a fool from the beginning. Yeah. We're going to just test for the chaos first, yeah. right? And then sometimes they might not react to a female because, you know, it's a female and God, I might not be able to take that female on. So we have the pug. Dr. Jess laughed at me yesterday when I called him the pug, but that's what he is. Tony, uh, the pug. He will come out chaotic. He's chaos, right? In a little tiny package, chaos. So he's going to come out and be the same kind of energy. If they won't react to a female, will they react to him? Yeah. So again, we're going to hit both sexes on that. So we have Winks, Vincenzo, Tahoe, Mazikeen. Tony, that's five dogs. Now, John Snow, the little puppy that we're taking in, um, he is from a litter of eight that I'm fostering because I wanted to be punished for something. <laughs> um, but no, we uh, we took this litter in and we've been fostering it. We were uh, picking a couple of court dogs, basically. We're looking for the perfect personality for court dogs. And I always stand by, I want to rescue. I'm never going to buy. Um, so I will always rescue. And there's plenty of puppies out there. So we decided to take this litter of puppies in, which for us, dual purpose. It was a great research tool anyways. Yeah, dual purpose for us because they don't have a mama. So we're using my pack as surrogates and we're learning incredible things about pups this age and the learning curve of a pup. And, you know, it's kind of making us want to do a little bit more fostering of litters. Uh, Just, I need a little bit more gray hair. We picked out two for the court dog and and then I picked out John Snow. uh, And I'm going to say he got his name because I wanted to name him Johnny. And my daughter wanted to name him Snow. So he's more of a whiter lab than a yellow. Right. Right And now, you know, parents compromise with kids. So we called him Johnny Snow, John Snow. So um, that's where he got his name, if anybody's asking. John Snow is uh, filling the gap from Patterson. Some of our listeners are clients, so y'all know I lost Patterson very suddenly, um, and he was an amazing dog. He had cancer, and uh, it was it's maybe been a month. It's not very easy for me. He, he uh, was, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but. he was definitely, a, Patterson was the best dog for taking to schools, dealing with kids. He was great to be a demo dog for safety and handling, be it at um, vet's offices mm-hmm. um, or rescues or any seminars that we used, even for staff. He was just a great dog, a uh, great dog all around. But he was a little scruffy. So when we had a school that contacted us for our, our kids' safety program, yeah, there was no restrictions on the breed. Now, Vincenzo, Tahoe, they're certified, therapy yeah. certif- service dogs, um, and very well-trained, but because of their breeds, schools it, lot, don't want them in. A lot of people will hesitate. Right. Parents don't want their dogs near a Roddy. Parents don't want their dogs near a Pitbull, so schools kids. have to— Kids near them. Kids. Not yeah, sorry. Kids. <laughs> Uh, don't want their kids near them. So, you know, schools have to abide by what their parents want and so forth. So we can't bring them. So when I lost Patterson, that was a big piece of what we do. We do a lot of kid education, um, how to be safe around dogs. And that was a big hole. You know, school started back up and I was like, well, crap, I don't have a dog that's not on that restricted list. So I started thinking about, you know, maybe I'll think about a Dalmatian or a lab. And then this litter of puppies came along and Jon Snow is ideal for it. So now he's not going to a school today or tomorrow. He's only eight weeks old. So again, stop at the hate mail before you send it. He'll be trained. 
Right. First. Um, so we'll do a lot of training with him before he starts to go into schools. But, you know, for us, it's kind of tough because it is a big part of our job is kid safety and demonstrations. Um, for me, with Jon Snow, you know, I'll start. He's already started socialization. So why did I get another dog? That's why um, we needed a kid dog that isn't on the restricted list. Now, the chaos part, I have the female and I have the male and you have. I have the male. I have I have the mazikeen in male form. Yeah, uh, they're like the universe like the and both dog. of us, the exact same yeah, dog, just different just colors. Same. Yeah, and, and Forrest, he's the, he is the, the chaos. Um, but he's also differently abled, so the deaf and the blind also plays into potential weakness. So if a dog's going to react to him, it's, again, figuring out, is that going to be because of weakness or because he's chaotic or both? Forrest will come in immediately and and just be all over the place because the, his nose is his Non-stop. biggest thing. Yep. So he's just constant all the time. Um, and so therefore he will set a lot of dogs off because of that energy. He does do a lot of staring, um, one, because he can't hear, but two, because he can't see very well. So a lot of it is like just shadowy figure over there. I can smell that there's a dog, but I can't see it very well. And if I give him a good cue and I let him kind of stay out and do his thing, he will bark. Uh, and sometimes I bring him out specifically to try to get him to get excited enough to bark. And again, we're going to put it out there for the people in the back and the people that are hot on their keypads. We always measure if our dogs are going to get stressed. So don't think we're throwing our dogs to the wolves. We're not doing that. The dogs don't even get up close and personal with each other. They're in sight at a safe distance. Everything is controlled and safe. But that's how we can help people. Yeah. And I will say, like, when it comes to dogs like Maskeen and Forrest, if I'm doing a consult and I can tell from the dog that I'm seeing that bringing out Maskeen and Forrest and or Forrest wouldn't be a good option. Right. Based on either that dog or even our dogs, then I'm not going to bring it out. But if I'm going like, I think I need to see it and it's and I know it's not going to overly stress out either dog to the max. Well, then I'm going to bring in, bring him out because I want to be able to see what's going on. Right. Uh, and- yeah. And Forrest does, he does more than that, too. He does do scent stuff as well because his nose is amazing. And he does go to schools. Right. I bring him to schools. He's a great advocate for differently abled dogs. Um, and he's kind of the face of our T-Dog at this point right now. And I take him to schools to show that just because he's different doesn't mean he can't. Right, right. And it's and a then, great thing for schools there. You just added Gracie. And I just added Gracie. And um, Gracie is a Chihuahua. She's four pounds. She's tiny, but she's confident little girl. Um, she will. She has no problem just running up and, and trying to check something out. And that's something that I looked for when I was meeting her is we stayed there for about an hour, even though she was about eight weeks old. We stayed in the in that shelter for about an hour with her in a little room, and, and I just messed with her, just checking all the things, um, brought out toys, did a bunch of stuff just to see how she does. And when I saw the type of personality that she had, that she was engaged with me while I was there, but also confident enough to go out and explore the room. She would play with me with the toy, um, but she was persistent enough to yank and hold on to it um, and didn't easily just 
give up. And I wanted another female in my pack because Raven is, she's a confident female. She's about six years old at this point. Um, so I felt like it's a good time to add another female where I felt comfortable adding a female that wouldn't stress Raven out too much either. And I wanted to have that small, confident dog. Um, again, to use in sessions and stuff for if a dog is more likely to react to a smaller dog. Now, again, she's only three, four months. I haven't even brought her into classes yet. Right. It takes a long time for us to train the dogs and get them prepped. But they also, we also pay attention to when they age out. Now, what happens when they age out? You the have other, some aged out dogs. The, I don't have any yet. The other dogs in my pack, right? So let's talk about them. So we went through my my five work dogs. And then I have Harley, who is a retired old girl. Uh, Harley was by my side all day, every day, because that dog just never quit. She is a healer bully mix. Looks more like a healer, so I got away with using her in schools. For 13 years, that dog did everything. I tried to retire her, and I couldn't. That's why I got Tahoe, because I, I was like, okay. You need to. I need yeah. to retire her. And as much as she still wanted to work, I was like, no, I'm, I, I can't, because I'm seeing it a little bit, you know, in the... The things that I see are, you know, if I put her leash on, she's not quick to jump up and say, yeah, let's go. She was like kind of looking at me like, mm, are you sure? So I was like, okay, I'm not doing it. So I needed to fill that gap. Tahoe fills her gap. She looks for lost dogs. She's an odor detection dog. Just we like do. Harley. Right. Uh, Harley did lost dog searches and helper dog with me, narcotics detection. You know, that's what, that's what Tahoe does now. Tahoe has filled that gap. Vincenzo has filled the odor detection. He does odor detection and he does the helper dog. Uh, he's a great demo dog for obedience classes because he's such a solid dog. Those two, right? So Harley retired. She is a home dog. So when I retire my dogs, they get to stay home with my family in San Antonio and not travel to Austin every day and spend all day here. So and then um, you have Flynn. I have Flynn, who is my 16-year-old deaf boxer. She was a work dog. And she wasn't a puppy work dog. No, she wasn't. I got she her came when as she an was- adult. I got her when she was six years old. Uh, the rescue group asked us to do a final assess, which means they were making the decision on behavioral euthanasia because she had attacked every single dog in every single foster home they tried to put her in. And it was multiple. When I got her, I was like, um, no, I'm keeping her. Uh, I She's going to be a great work dog. So I wound up keeping her. She was the face of T-Dog for a while. We used her as a demo, deaf dogs, uh, how to teach deaf dogs. We also used her because she was a confident female. That would um, stare because she's deaf. She had puppies. She was deaf. She would come out and go, you can't take me on. And she would stare at them because she can't hear the growl. So she wanted to see if the chest was vibrating, right? So it would spark a dog if they had any problems with uh eye contact um, if that was the trigger, because we do find that's a big trigger with a lot of dogs. So we retired her, my little Betty White of boxers. She will live forever. Um, (laughs) And then the other dog in my house. Pretty boy. Pretty boy. The other chihuahua. Pretty boy. Special case. Pretty boy. Poor pretty boy has absolutely nothing. He is just not a work dog. The reason I have pretty boy was uh, he was rescued from a hoarding situation and the rescue group would not place him because, again, same thing like Flynn, he had uh, your stereotypical chihuahua behaviors. He would, stranger danger all the way. Don't touch me. Don't restrain me. Don't come near me. Don't try to get me. Uh, I will kill myself to kill you to get away from you. Um, And he was just terrified, 
terrified. So I was like, I can't, I can't see this dog get euthanized. He was put in, he had a horrible life in the beginning. He's only three pounds. So, I mean, he's not even going to count but as a place in the pack. he's even an older dog too. He is, yeah, he's, he's an older like, dog. What is he, 12, 10? I think he's, he's got to be, I mean, we, we don't know. We're guesstimating. We don't so. know because his teeth and so bad, we don't even yeah. know. Um, but he was in a hoarding situation. But he doesn't have a job. He just lives at home with the old ladies, uh, Flynn and Harley. With the kids. Um, and the kids. The kids absolutely adore him. I mean, anybody could do anything to him now because he's, you know, socially accepting. Um, and he's a very well-behaved little dog, but uh, he's just not strong enough. He's a dog that would nope out if I tried to use him. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to uh, stress him. I know it would cause undue stress. So he just stays home with the with the family. And then the 10th dog of my pack. Charlie is my wife's dog, and I say that with quotes because we just realized that she can actually, she can do a job. (laughs) She's not not an official work dog. (laughs) She's not an official work dog. Uh, My wife had her before we actually moved in together because, you know, we got Tahoe and Charlie. By the way, they're litter mates. Um, That is something we're going to talk about on our our dog training myth subscription uh, episode. So if you are interested in learning about dog training myths, you need to subscribe to hear that one. But we have littermates in my house, sisters, by the way, females who are littermates. Now they live together. There's no fights. Charlie is a pet, not a work dog. She just wants to lay around, be squishy and be pet, um, and is spoiled rotten because she is a pet. Um, and pretty boy is too. He's spoiled rotten because he's a pet but she just found out that she's good with i know the research know. with the puppies i have because she's a good surrogate i'm gonna admit it um uh, my wife i always my wife always laughs at me because i pick on charlie and say the jobless mooch that lives in the house but uh she doesn't anymore i can't say that about charlie i love her to death uh, she is a snuggle bunny but she does now just showed me up and said yo yeah i don't have a job Watch this and is the best surrogate mama. Yeah. Best surrogate mama to these puppies. She uh, interacts with them appropriately. She stops rough play between the puppies, not in a corrective way, not not like biting, because a lot of people think that biting is correcting. She just moves them. She'll boop them with the nose and go, hey, cut it out. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, and stop uh, the pups from rough playing. Uh, so she is a fantastic surrogate mama. I mean, I, I think a lot of people think with 10 dogs that... It's just a lot, but you have five and five. I do. So, and five um, work dogs. And I mean, Winks is a half and half. He is a <laughs> Winks is a half. And he's half. like half work dog and, and he's half only home dog. This big. Both Winks and Pretty Boy don't even make up the size of yeah. a real dog. Yeah. I love them, but they're so small. But um, so five of the dogs are yeah. solid work solid dogs that are more likely to come on a more regular basis. And five are home dogs, right? So, what I mean by that is Laura and I work 14 to 16 hour days, like we said, right? We work very long hours. My dogs commute with me every day. They work every day. They're not dogs that on my day off, I can go, hey, y'all just have fun. Yeah. I still have to work with them throughout the day yeah. and keep their skills up. So my life never is not work, but they don't stay home. They come with me. And in Austin, our training facility, it's 50 acres, y'all, 50 acres giant facility building. So there's plenty of space. Now, if I did not have 
the life that I had, I would say I was fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I have with my pack of six, I mean, because we have a larger area and a larger yard that we can go out and um, make sure that they get the exercise they need, the work that they do again at home. It's always about the dogs. Yeah, it's always <laughs> That's work. always what it is. So, but I don't bring all six of mine every, even though they're all six work dogs, I'm strategic with the dogs that I bring. Uh, so I'm more likely to bring some of my dogs over others. I will look at our schedule and kind of decide which ones are more likely to be needed that day. And those are the ones that I'm going to bring. So, like I said before with um, Kevin, Kevin doesn't come to work as often because I don't use him all the time and it's for more specific cases that I'll use him. I don't usually have to bring Benjamin as much if you're going to be here with Vincenzo because they're more one and the same, but we don't work the same days every time. So if I know you're not going to be here, then I'm going to have Ben. Vincenzo might have a bad day, so I might leave him home and say, and I might shoot Laura a text, hey, I bring Ben, Ben, right? Yeah. Um, So thankfully, we have the same pack personalities. I usually will bring Raven because she is the confident female. She's Unlike Tahoe, who's the softer female, Raven is not a soft female. Raven is hard around the edges and has, I call it, um, the perfect mean girl stare. Oh, she does. She is the wonderful, just like corner stare, just to spark. Any of y'all have not met Raven or seen Raven. She is a German Shepherd Malinois mix. Yeah. Um, Stunning I and scary. I love this dog. I love her. I love her. And, and, and just so everybody, it's made public. If she ever leaves her here, I'll steal her. But <laughs> she's, um, she's never left here. <laughs> I know. She's never left here. She actually did one day, one day leave her and she raced back to get her before I said, you can't have her back. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, but we do. But she's a solid work dog, though. And we use her for the confident female. She's used a lot. We use Squish for the confident female. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it, it, it is for if. The dog is more likely to react to Raven, who's that overconfident female that is not faced. She does not react or bark to at dogs at all. She's we think she might have had a litter um, or at least been through a number of heat cycles. Right. Um, and if they react to her, then yeah, squishes are our ultimate. But she's, she's she is the big guns. Yes. Uh squish is a uh a Pretty much canine working minds dog. I love her. Yeah, I love because her. she stays here. She, she is, is the, she the is canine the, working mind dog. Yeah, and she is just an amazing dog. She is a neglect case that we had rescued. She From had a puppy been, mill. Yeah, she was overbred so badly. So when they spayed her, her uterus fell apart. Um, and they thought they were going to lose her on the table. So Squishy, uh, because she's had so many litters and she's so uber confident, like she'll come out and chest off and go, I bet you you won't take me on. Yeah. Go um, for it. Try it. Now, if a dog comes out and goes, oh, hell, yes, I will, then we know this is going to be a case that most likely we're not going to say, we could get your dogs to be friends with other dogs. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. most likely it's no. going to be more about teaching them avoidance than yeah. anything else. And, and, uh, and, you know, and teaching the owners how to handle the dogs, right? So so there's the, the reasons why we get dogs, because that was a big hot topic, yeah. um, because Laura just got... Uh, Gracie, Gracie and you just and we seem to be doing that lately. The we always are getting because you got 
Tahoe, and I literally got Forest, yeah. and then um, Kevin and Mazikeen came around the same time, and then you got Tony, and I got Fez not long after, and now yeah, we you got Gracie. Yeah, well, you always seem to forget poor Fez. <laughs> I don't forget him. Um, <laughs> Fez, I I don't use Fez in in behavioral classes. Fez I, is fragile. He, he is a he is a work dog. He does come to work with me quite often, um, but I use Fez a lot more in group classes, obedience-wise. He's definitely more about teaching appropriate obedience. I like to use him because he's a whippet, and a lot of people think that they can't sit or lay down. I know. Um, and that so he's thing. a great dog to—and when I do have dogs in my obedience classes, especially the first week— there are a lot of dogs that react a lot on week one. Mm -hmm. And Fez, he doesn't he doesn't react back to them when they're barking because his focus is all on me when we're in an obedience class. But Fez, because of his personality being that gamma personality, he's unlike Forrest, who when I tell Forrest to turn it off and we're done, he can. Right. Fez still feels like he needs to display, but Fez is still he's young. Only he's he's super he's not even two years old yet. He's young and you know, so how do we get our he's dogs? He's not even to the a point? year old yet. Oh crap, he's not even <laughs> wait, no, he turned a year in August. I'm okay. like, wait, yes he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had a birthday. Yeah. All right. So but he still is again. just like we said before though, like two years is about when we start really using them. So he is still he's still in that learning phase and I don't want to stress him out more and then stress out my pack because Fez is stressed. Right. So no, he doesn't do dogs are going to yell at me. Right. And so, you know, all of y'all that say, well, you put your dogs in these situations. So just so you know, again, I'm going to reiterate, we start off our dogs one, we probably do more socialization than your average person because of what we do for a living. Yeah. We put them in situations as a pup to read what kind of uh, situation we can't use them. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot more people need to learn how to do, right? Like just go out and when you take your puppy out. So good example is yesterday at the vet's office. I'm not going to go out. Yes, there was a lot of people in the lobby, but I wasn't going to put John in everybody's hands because I don't want him to worry. If I know that person, yeah, right, um, maybe, um, and that's a maybe, I might not even ask you to hold my puppy if I see his energy is off. Now, he's kind of a mush, um, so he didn't really care too much, but yeah. even still at the vet's office, which is something that he'll be doing. We take our dogs to the vet very often to socialize in that environment and get them used to it. We take them to our group, even though we teach it. So that's that's one of the other things too, right? A lot of people are like, Tara was in my basic class with her dog. Why is she in Laura's basic class? Well, because our dogs need that experience. I will put my dogs in the other classes right. just so, so that they can get practice. So before two years, what y'all don't see is we're doing everything that we tell our clients to do. We're getting them out. We're, we're reading our dogs. We're getting them in situations that that read what they're doing, not to flood them. And I think that's a big part of socialization is too many people flood their dogs. I don't think that needs to happen, but getting them in environments, maybe you see your dog is terrified of a certain uh, floor. Yeah. Don't leave them on the floor or force them to stay there. Yeah. Go through a training protocol, get them comfortable with it, but don't flood them. Right. So for us, we get them completely socialized, all of these, these little factors that we have to do. Uh, we go through, even though we teach them the basic obedience commands uh, on our own, because that's what we do. Yeah. We're still going to put them in a group class. Mazikeen, 
is a rock star. Rock that star. Controlled social skills at the same time. Mazikeen does tricks. Uh, Mazikeen does search. She does obedience. Uh, she's a helper dog. She's a rock star. However, I'm not going to use her in uh, a lost dog search yet. We started. She did one uh, dry run just to see what With was Tom going. Hope. But she's not ready. She's not old enough to go out yet. And I know what the limitations are. So she goes to basic tracking classes, even though I teach it. I take her to the class and she does the class every single time until I know she's got it solid. Then I'll put her in an advanced class because I know she needs the experience. And I think with our dogs as well, one of the other big things we do is we try to have like our staff and the interns put our dogs through because it's, it's good if my dogs listen to me, but I need them to listen to other people. So it's pretty normal for like, because we handle each other's dogs so often that they are great with us, Mm -hmm. but I need, you know, if our kennel staff need to bring my dog out to help me in a session or in a class, I need to know that my dog's going to listen to them because they've worked with them. Right. So, so I know a lot of people are on social media going, God, they got more dogs. Um, yeah, yes. yeah, we did. Um, there's always a reason why we get more dogs. Will I get another dog? Probably not. Um, for a little while. I'm so hoping she says she gets more. She still has four to catch up with, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. My four that at home that I don't use are, you know, they're retired or just not built for the job. Right. But if you're going to have more than one dog, you have to have a plan, y'all, a plan for that dog and plan for a commitment of life. That's a key. Right. I mean, Flynn is 16, y'all. She is Betty White. Yeah. She is 16. A deaf boxer is 16. Every time I bring her to the vet, Dr. Jess is like, I can't believe she's 16. <laughs> like, I know. But she's 16. I'm not ever going to give up on her. We we don't do with our work dogs. That's hot. That's how we get so many, unfortunately, because we're not going to do our norm, the normal work dog thing. A work dog, uh, when they phase out of the job, they get put up for adoption or euthanized. Well, I'm not going to do that. This is my dog. I love him. So they're going to retire and they're going to stay at home and enjoy golf and TV, right? Um, Whatever dogs like to do. (laughs) Right. Uh, Stare at the birds on the edge of the pool. Um, But we're not going to give them up. So will I get another dog? Eventually. Eventually I'll get another dog. But I don't need to fill the gaps right now. And I don't want to jinx myself because I wasn't expecting powders. So I'm not going to jinx myself. But... I'm not I'm not ever going to say no I'm not going to get any more dogs. If I got if I find the perfect dog to fill a spot that would help somebody else's dogs, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's definitely the case. Is you just never know and sometimes the dogs just end up falling in our laps and it just happens that Tony. way. I, I mean, wasn't expecting yeah. to get Tony, I'm going to say. Um, I wasn't expecting to get Fez. Right. I wasn't expecting to get Kevin either. Right. Tony, you know, uh Tony fell into our laps and I mean, he's perfect. He's perfect for what we use and perfect for what we need. He's pretty solid. But yeah, so anyway, for all you questioning people, that's why we have so many dogs. Now you Um, know the whole pack. You know the the whole reason and why we have who we have and what and yeah, what they do and what they've been doing. Uh, And if you have any other questions, uh, please feel free to email us. It's info at k9translators.com. I said it right. (laughs) Info at the letter K, the number nine, translators.com. Feel free to like, subscribe, share the podcast, um, share the social media things. Mm -hmm. I say things because there's so many of them. Now, yeah. Yes. Honestly, if you have any ideas for a future podcast, give us a shout. 
we are going to start our subscription series. We'll have three podcasts, uh, maybe four, available for the subscription series that's coming out. It, I mean, it might already be out. Okay, might already be out, says the boss. Um, <laughs> so it uh, might already be out. Uh, but if you uh, are doing the subscription series on the podcast, that is all about training tips, behaviors. Uh, we more t- we go into a lot of detail about aggression and uh, behavior between each other and sometimes what we do, right? Yeah. Some training tips that we can help with you for conditioning and behavior modification. So yeah. uh, if you're interested in doing the subscribe, there you go. The button should be on there. Do subscribe. I think yeah. Laura did that already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so right on, y'all. It's always a pleasure to sit down and take an hour or so out of our day to chat. chat. Uh, we love it. If you have any ideas, like I said, give us a shout. If you have any behavior questions or training that you need, our facility is located in Austin, Texas, but we do see people all over the world via Zoom. I don't travel all over the world, but via Zoom because I hate flying. If you want to get in touch with us for behavior, it's canine working mind. <laughs> I almost got, I almost lost my business email. Canine working mind at gmail.com. That's the letter K, the number nine working mind at gmail.com. And shoot us an email. We'll yeah. get you started with some training, y'all. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future podcasts, please email us at info at caninetranslators.com. That's canine translators with a K. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. Remember to always try to see them, hear them, and help them. And protect first.